Middle East on the brink, North Korea on the brink, Iran increasing its aggression, elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989898. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture. And here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. In 1934, prohibition had been repealed. And the Capone mob, without its leader, serving time at Alcatraz prison, was desperate for new sources of revenue. With the instinct of jackals for an easy kill, they picked the nation's small theater owners for their prey. The type of operation used was one they knew best, extortion. Schiff went up and he got, as the chairman of the committee, got up and uh, related a call that didn't take place. He made up the language. I, hard to believe. Nobody's ever seen this. I think he had some kind of a mental breakdown. Who does he think he's fooling around with? A couple of slobs? It has to be a criminal act. It has to be. And he should resign. And some people even say it was treason. The story you are about to see is true. The names have been changed to protect the innocent. It is the Friday edition of the Savage Nation. It occurred to me last night that there's a loose analogy to be made between Elliot Ness and Donald Trump. I didn't say a perfect analogy. A loose analogy that Donald Trump is Elliot Ness and the deep state, the swamp, all of the others are actually the underworld. Now, we know today that the the fraud that they invented is coming off. The wheels are coming off of this fraud. Why do I say that? Is it wishful thinking? The left-wing Washington Post gave Schiff four Pinocchios. In other words, to save a a shred of their credibility, the Bezos Post has now exposed the fact that Schiff invented the whole thing. Schiff created the whole thing. Schiff wrote the whole thing. Schiff and the underworld wrote the whole thing. The Pelosi gang created the whole thing. And in fact, you could easily say that Trump is the Elliot Ness who came in to clean up the swamp. And now the swamp creatures are trying to destroy Elliot Ness, but they just got caught in their own lie. I I think eventually the American people will have to be the judge. Now, we have to move on. Uh, There's a new saying coming out of the Green New Deal people uh, from the uh, cortex crowd, the half cortex crowd. Uh, Their new slogan is, have a green new meal, eat a baby. Uh, Now, why do I say have a green new meal, eat a baby? Because a nut job... A nut job went into a cortex meeting. Take a look at the picture on michaelsavage.com of the morons who don't work, who live in her district, who have nothing to do but sit and listen to the the dumb bartender. And a girl stands up and starts to cry about eating babies to save the world from uh, global warming or something like that, climate change, they call it now. Now, we're, we're hearing that it's a um, uh, a troll from uh, a group called the, the, the LaRouche group. It doesn't matter. Let me tell you why it doesn't matter that she was a a troller. 
because if you watch the video on michaelsavage.com, you will see dumb bartender, the half donkey, half girl, Cortex, stand there and say nothing. She actually thinks the woman is crying and telling the truth. But then I'm getting ahead of you. Let's listen to the green new meal of eating a baby. This is an actual recording from an actual event of the dumb bartender. Listen. We only have a few months left. I love that you support the green deal, but it's not getting, you know, getting rid of fossil fuel is not going to solve the problem fast enough. A Swedish professor saying, you know, we can eat dead, dead people, but that's not fast enough. <laughs> so I think your next uh, campaign slogan has to be this. We got to start eating babies. Well, okay, and then what? We don't have enough time. There's too much CO2. All of you, you're, you know, you're a pollutant. Too much CO2. We have to start now. Please, you are so great. I'm so happy that you're really supporting the Green Deal, but it's not enough. You know, even if we would bomb Russia, we still have too many people, too much pollution. So we have to get rid of the babies. That's a big problem. Just stopping having babies is not enough. We need to eat the babies. And this is very serious. Please give a response. That's the green new meal now, eat a baby. Now you may say, okay, she was trolled, and what are you making a big deal? I'll tell you I'm making a big deal, because the dumb bartender stood there and actually took her seriously for a good half of that tirade, because the dumb bartender is as dumb as people say she is. But she's a dangerous dummy, because half of America is dumber than she is. Welcome to the Savage Nation. If you care to comment on any of these topics, please don't. Save it for a lesser host. What I'm going to ask you today is this. What do you feel is the most important story out there that no one is talking about? What is the number one thing bothering you about the government, the nation, the news that no one is talking about? Now, the fact of the matter is, if you are listening to this show on the stream where the show is dominant around the world by listening on 855, by calling 855-407-282, which is 855-407-SAVAGE, even if you're listening on the stream, you can get through to this uh, program on any of those topics. Uh, there are other topics other than the Green New Meal of Eat a Baby, uh, Schiff. It's clear that there is a palace coup going on, and it starts, it's starting to look to me like it blew up in their face. It looks to me like Schiff has been exposed for the rat bum scum that he is, because when you see the Washington Post, some call it the Amazon Post, which I did originally, when you see that the Amazon Post itself has now given Schiff the four Pinocchio Award for being a liar, they are trying to save a shred of their credibility. Now, uh, yesterday I talked about the plausibility of a Pelosi coup. It was extremely, extremely um, well-received, I must say, not only on this program, but also on my social media when I asked the question of plausibility. I said... Is it plausible that the Pelosi Gang of Five is trying to decapitate Trump, Pence, and take over as president? Uh, many of you said yes, it is totally plausible. And many of you work at intelligence agencies. You're the old guard, and you know that this is not only plausible, it's highly likely. Pelosi is insane on power. She is more than drunk on power. It's as though she's on crack on power. The woman is actually deranged enough to think she's going to take over this country. Now, you say it can't happen here, or the Senate has to vote for it. It could happen here. It's theoretically possible. You understand that? That's another topic we can talk about, because I believe we're witnessing the equivalent of an attempted coup. What do you think? 855-400-SAVAGE. Do you think that there's any plausibility to this? Do you think that Pelosi and her gang would even dare? Do you think this is even possible? Yes, they can impeach him in the House, and they probably will. They don't have the votes, but most likely they can get them if they need them. If they say, if let's say more dirt comes out on Trump that he has to defend. But remember, the trial to remove the president is in the U.S. Senate. And it takes 67 senators to vote to remove the president. Do you actually think 20 Republicans will jump to the other side? They wouldn't last one more term if they did that. Uh, it's highly, highly, highly unlikely. Now, did you know that Mitch McConnell can actually stop such a trial in the Senate before it even gets to a vote? All it would take is a motion from one senator and a second from another, and the whole thing could be dismissed. Did you know that? Now, the only other way for Pelosi, 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 Joe Pelosi, Joe Palooka Pelosi, 
to pull off this coup would be to drive the president's poll numbers down so low that the Republicans in the House and Senate tell President Trump, you've lost the support of the people and you should resign. We're not going to support you anymore. That is what happened to Richard Nixon. Remember, Nixon was never impeached. He just resigned. Could that happen to Trump? Now, the odd part here is they're going after one of the most honorable men in the history of politics, Pence. Already the vermin on the Pelosi gang have tried to tie him to Ukraine. The only people you can tie to Ukraine are, uh, are the Bidens. They're the only ones you could tie to Ukraine. You know what I love the most about all of this is that on social media, you see lowlife saying Trump violated national security by interfering and trying to get Ukraine to smear a potential uh, candidate. Why is Ukraine all of a sudden so critical to our national security? I, I you know, three weeks ago, no one ever heard of Ukraine. All of a sudden, the left is sure that Ukraine is the linchpin between our survival and our demise. It's insane. Ukraine. Why is Ukraine so important to us? Leftists that don't even know what Ukraine is is now repeating the parrot lie put out by the Pelosi gang that Trump damaged our national security in Ukraine. They don't even know where Ukraine is. They have no idea what they're talking about. Ukraine is no of no value to us whatsoever. Moreover, if you really peel this onion apart, what you come to understand is that the left wants war with Russia. They still want war with Russia. They are that crazy. These people are totally deranged. You want war with Russia? That's what you leftists want? All you peacenik potheads, you want war with Russia? Well, I got news for you. There are recruiting offices all over the country. Why don't you go in, give up your bong, tell them you want to enlist in the military and go fight Russia? You idiots, you. You have no idea what you're talking about. Ukraine has no value to us whatsoever. Nothing. What's the value of Ukraine to us? Tell me. None. All right. So what's the topic you want to talk about is the real issue. That's the only issue there is. Um... That's it. There's no other issue that I really want to, you know, it's like open mic to mic Friday. In fact, they have to know that it's rock and roll Friday, Robert. Uh, so instead of giving them sound bites and stuff like that, why don't we have some fun and let's play some rock and roll. But I got to pick something. I don't know whether I should pick Wilbert Harrison, Kansas City. Uh, when would you? How about would you dance with me? That's a nice one. We got that one. Or do we want Cuban music? You want Cachao, Benny Moray, Orquesta Aragon? Jose Fajardo, uh, Chocolate. Everyone likes Chocolate. I don't think you want Latin music because you're too, um, you're too uh, Anglo for Latin music, basically. This audience is too Anglo for Latin music. They're not like me. They didn't grow up in a metropolitan area where we spoke Spanish and English uh, and things of that nature. Uh, we do have Danny and the Juniors at the Hop. That's an old favorite. We have Runaround Sue. I don't know if that matches anything today. We have Dion the Wanderer. Is there best horn in the history of the world? I don't know. I don't never heard anything like this. This saxophone drove me crazy as a kid. I wish I had a musical uh, a talent. I have no musical talent whatsoever. Some people have talents in music. Others have talents in mathematics. Others have talents with languages. Others have talents here and there. I have no talent with music. I tried it. Tried the flute. My father called me. Uh, I can't even say it. It's a family show. Yeah, when my father came into the basement in that little house in Queens, and he saw me playing the flute in the basement, hiding from him, he said, what are you? Uh, I can't say it. It's a family show. That was the uh, end of my musical career. Oh, he was he was bad. He was, he was a roughneck. Imagine his only uh, son, his only surviving son, I should say. Manchild in the Promised Land is playing the flute in the basement. Uh, can you imagine what went on in that basement after that? Well, it changed my life. But here I am today with a musical voice. So he actually did me a favor. I mean, what if I had continued playing the flute and I became a reasonably good flautist? Where would I be today? Probably dead from a heroin overdose, from a lack of self-esteem and no, and no income. So, you know, things work out the way they're supposed to work out. If you look back on your life, when you think about it, all the things that you think were bad that happened to you, you look at them in context, they were all good. Or as my mother used to say, it's God's will. Back in a minute. Savage. Do you know that a dirty CPAP can make you sick and that you are supposed to clean it every single day? Well, who wants that hassle? 
Did you know that nearly 1 billion individuals are affected by sleep apnea around the world? With that, negative health issues can arise when CPAP equipment is not cleaned properly. Don't you want a safe and effective automated sanitizing solution? Listen, if you are a CPAP user, soap and water cleaning may allow harmful germs and bacteria to build up in your CPAP equipment. This can make you sick. That alone will keep you up at night. Well, until now, that is. So Clean is the world's first automated CPAP cleaner and sanitizer. So Clean kills up to 99.9% of all CPAP germs and bacteria that can build up in your mask, hose, and reservoir. So Clean is easy to use. Just put the mask in, close the lid, and walk away. So Clean works with all popular CPAP machines and masks. No messy chemicals or water. The So Clean is convenient and user friendly. So Clean uses advanced technology to sanitize your CPAP equipment with just the touch of a button. It's the safer, healthier way to breathe cleaner and have a better CPAP experience. So Clean has approximately 9,000 five star reviews and is now the leading CPAP cleaner in the U.S. Right now, for my listeners, you can try So Clean risk free for 30 nights. Even shipping is free. So don't wait and call 1-800-520-2587. I better read that again. 1-800-520-2587. Or go to SoClean.com to get this 30-night risk-free trial and free shipping. Write it down and call it. I'll go slowly this time. 800-520-2587. 1-800-520-2587. Or go to SoClean.com today. It is the Savage Nation, the antithesis to Nazi Fa, the Nazi Fa stormtroopers of the Cortex crowd. Uh, you do understand that they, they are Nazi Fa. You never call them Anti Fa on this show. They're Nazi Fa. That's who they are. Let's go to the callers. Levi on line six in Houston, Texas. Levi, what's on your mind? Hello. Um, I've been a supporter of the president probably since he came down that elevator in you know, the Trump uh, Plaza, the Trump Hotel in New York City. And um, I've just noticed this tendency going along with uh, all his supporters recently, even as the wolves are, seem to be circling around him. You know, Trump's playing 3D chess. You know, you mentioned this before, 4D chess, 5D chess. Yeah, well, wait. First of all, I created the 3D chess concept myself but you know stole that, that from right? you and started running with that i know right um, everyone stole everything from you it's okay it doesn't matter to me but what's your main point well my main point is uh, i see this tendency especially with the you know the talk show host right now even as the wolves are circling around him that he's invincible that this is just a nothing burger and i i wanted to know your opinion um, no it's I, not a nothing burger it's a construct of the radical left but they will probably move to impeach him in the house which is a, uh, a not only a foolish, foolish move on their part, because it's doing two things. It's galvanizing support for Trump from his base, especially those who had been moving away from him over a few issues. Mainly, the wall has not been built. The number of illegals is greater than it ever was. The deficit is out of control. He was losing a lot of support there. I know for a fact that many of those people have now said the hell with them. I'm not going uh, to the other side. I'm not going communist. I'm supporting them. So not only did, this, did these attacks galvanize them, but I, I'm telling you as I sit here, Pelosi is shaking in her boots because she knows that she's liable to lose the House of Representatives in that her support is not rock solid. It's built on quicksand. She's only in there as a result of swing districts that came over to her. And many of those people are middle of the roaders. They don't want impeachment in the hinterlands. Do you know that, Levi? Yeah. We got to keep fighting, Dr. Savage. And you've been, you've been the biggest fighter that I can see as far as I'm concerned. And we got to well, keep fighting. I don't know about fighting. I think it's, well, it is fighting. Yes, it's a war. There's a civil war going on in America. Uh, this thing over Trump is like the civil war. It's like the Mason-Dixon line. It is pitting friend against friend, brother against sister, husband against wife. There are fractures going on in this country that I've never seen before. Uh, the, the thing here is that Trump is not a quitter. He's never going to quit. They're not going to drive him out of office. He's much tougher than Nixon. He's immune, actually, to this kind of attack. It makes him stronger. It's a peculiarity of his uh, nature and makeup that the more they rip into him, the tougher he gets. The more they try to rip him down, the more he stands up. 
It doesn't matter whether you agree with him or not. I'm telling you right now, he's not leaving. He's not going down. And I believe that Schiff will go before he does, if not Pelosi herself. She's going to have a nervous breakdown from this. She has so overreached and overstepped her position. And she has so exposed her own, let us say, interests to national scrutiny that I fear she could be the casualty, not him. got two guys that work there in the studio it, they're in dallas i'm in san francisco but we, we see each other on skype we've never met in person but with video technology now they're like here with me but i don't have to smell them i don't have to smell the hamburgers they're eating i don't know if they bathe or not or they don't know if i took a bath it's beautiful i actually like the digital world that we live in i never see a soul it's me and teddy teddy was over last night love the guy i go in the supermarket they say they ask tentatively where's teddy they think he's dead you know, they're afraid to hear he passed. No, he's fine. He's home. He's cool. He's 16, largely blind, largely deaf, but he's spry, you know. And I said, I have three other dogs. And, you know, when he's in the pack of the other dogs, he's gotten better. That's the thing. Dogs are pack animals. They like other dogs. They may like people, but they actually like dogs better, by the way. That's all. Where are we here? Uh, I want me to do the news again and eat my heart out? It's the new chicken. It tastes like chicken. The green new meal. Eat a baby. All right. Are you kidding me? Connor in New York, line two. Go ahead. You're on the Savage Nation. Hey, Mike. I'll keep it quick. I uh, was thinking about what you said about them taking back the presidency from Trump. I think the strategy is going to be more chaos. Uh, I think the the lies are going to increase, and they're going to become more absurd. But at the same time, they might be able to light off incidents across the country. I'm not saying... They'll cause a shooting. They might capitalize on a shooting. But remember what happened in Ferguson a few years ago when there was that police-involved shooting. You had yeah, When the cop defended his life against a street thug and they turned it into a cop killed a poor black guy. They, I remember it very well. They lit the city on fire. And what happens if that's happening across the country? It's happened before. Or, New, they, they burned Newark to the ground, the mobs, didn't they? They burned their own houses down. And then the chorus begins that Trump... Newark used to be one of the most beautiful cities in America. Newark was a thriving middle-class city. It was burned to the ground in the 60s by the left wing. And by the way, they're capable of doing it again. And if they do it across the country in multiple places all at once, and they increase the call, there are Republicans... All right, so they'll be homeless. They'll live in the gutter. That's all. Republicans will peel off. and They'll they'll wind up eating each other. The animals will wind up eating each other. They're going to burn a city down there. What are they going to do? Where are they going to sleep? Under a couch? In the gutter? Who knows? Who knows? Well, look... Let's not get uh, cataclysmic here. I don't see us going there for a number of different reasons. There's a sort of a big difference between the 60s and today. And the number one thing is that there's no draft. And most of the anti-war rioters were rioting because they were too cowardly and they didn't want to fight in Vietnam. It's as simple as that. They were protecting their own behinds. They did not want to go into the military. They did not want to go to Vietnam. And so they were willing to burn someone else's house down. They got nothing at stake here. This is a total... Tell me what the left really cares about. What do they really think is going to happen if they win? Nothing. No no difference. They'll wind up on the bottom anyway. They're a bunch of losers. I wouldn't worry that much. But I do agree with you that they're going the left mainly the Democrats, will push the 25th Amendment again and keep saying that Trump is crazy. And my answer is he's as crazy as a fox. Okay, I think he's got them where he wants them. And I wonder if half of what's going on today, he hasn't generated himself just to put them in a corner. What do you think of that idea, Connor? Well, I think he... uh... He keeps agitating. When you think about it, what I just said. So they accuse him of meddling in an election by pressuring the president of Ukraine to look into Biden's corruption, okay? Not not saying, hey, wait, we're worried about the corruption of Biden. Now it's all of a sudden simply suggesting that they look into it as a crime, not what Biden and his son did. But wait a minute, hold on a minute. Where are we going from here? What about China? So what does he do when they put him on the defensive with that? Did he back up and say, I'm sorry? No. The next day he raises the stakes and says, I want President Z. I want China to look into the Bidens. They go crazy. So tell me who's playing who here. That's all. Let's have some rock and roll. This is sweet, but no one, no one's sweet anyway. There's no sweetness left in the world. It's become like a nation of vinegar. Vinegar. There's no love. It's all sex. 
Nothing. What's left? Family is left? When have you last heard anything about family and the beauty of family? When have you last heard any major figure, left or right, talk about family and talk about the value of women, for example? You want me to do that for you? I may be the only one who understands that issue better than anybody. The woman is the key to our society. Woman is the actual key to our society. I don't mean San Francisco women. I don't mean that type. I'm not talking about women who, uh, 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 let's say, walk on the other side. I'm talking about the woman, the mother, the mother. The mother is the key to all societies. The mother has been the key to all societies from the beginning of time, whether it, whether it is in the Hebrew Bible, the Jewish Bible, or the Christian Bible. The mother is the dominant force. The mother is the dominant figure. The mother is the glue that holds the whole family and the whole society together. But when have we last heard anything about mother? and motherhood. And so what do you think you're going to get from the left wing, which is anti-family, anti-marriage, anti-church, anti-Christian, anti-Jewish? Tell me what you're going to get from them. You're going to have a destroyed society that cannot uh, feed itself. It will only feed on itself. That's what you're going to get with your left wing revolution. A group that cannot feed itself, but can only feed on itself. They will wind up eating babies. So there is a lot at stake. And uh, as flawed as Trump is, as gruff as he is, uh, there's no option actually at this point. None whatsoever. Tell me what the option is. Tell me who else could stand up to the vermin on the left. Tell me who else can take on the Pelosi gang. Tell me who else just might expose slimy shift. I don't call him shifty shift. That was used by me originally, taken by, from me. So I changed it to slimy shift. I don't know who stole it yet, but it doesn't matter. Uh, take it and, and run with it. Slimy Schiff is the worst of humanity. Slimy Schiff represents everything bad about human beings. Slimy Schiff is the type that I went to Queens College with. Slimy Schiff was the worst of the type of guys I knew. Slimy Schiff was the type that would pick on little kids. Slimy Schiff was the type who would cheat on tests. Slimy Schiff was the type who would... Uh, I, I could go down the list, step on your on your arch while playing basketball and say you did it. Slimy Schiff was the kind of rat who ran to a teacher. Slimy Schiff was the type who cheated and said you cheated on him. This is the worst kind of human. I wish to God Trump goes after him. I would love to see Schiff taken out in handcuffs. Of all of them, Nadler doesn't bother me, bother me that much. Nadler's a nebbish. He has no, no influence whatsoever. Anyone looks at a man who loses 100 pounds through gastric bypass surgery and those are probably the best hundred pounds of him that he had cut out because all that's left now is vitriolic hatred any man who wears his pants up to his uh pectoral muscles with a belt right underneath the pecs is a nebbish and uh nebbish nadler is of no no interest whatsoever he's no threat whatsoever a schmendrick no one takes him seriously schiff on the other hand with that clean baby face and the just washed look and the clean uh, Eagle Scout look. He's as dirty as they come, in my opinion. F dirty. And I don't know how they can't dig this up on him. I don't know what's wrong with the RNC that they don't have uh, opposition researchers. This is the single biggest problem Trump has. Not only forget the RNC, they're useless to begin with. They don't do their job. All they do is raise good money. Great. Good for them. Money is the mother's milk of uh, politics. I get that. But they need to do much more than that. The RNC needs to get down in the dirt and needs to get vicious. If I were to leave radio, which I'm not doing, I would volunteer to go to work for the RNC and be their opposition researcher. I'd like to set up an entire war room in a basement somewhere and go after the, the lead figures of the opposition and expose them for what they really are. But they don't have such a thing. They have no Roy Cohen. They have no opposition research. This is the one thing Trump is missing also, by the way. He's got some really smart people around him. I met a few of them. Uh, some of them are great speechwriters. They're very smart people, but they're not mean. They don't have meanness in them. They were raised by good fathers. They were raised by good mothers. They were not... I can't... Let me put it another way. There's no one who's really like a street fighter there, except Trump, which is interesting. There's no one there who's willing to do the dirty work against the opposition that is so necessary right now. This is the one thing I would recommend that the president consider doing and doing it now, not when he's reelected. He needs to set up an opposition research division of his own campaign whose job is to simply go and dig up the reality dirt. I didn't say make it up like they're doing against him. I mean the real dirt 
of all of these people who are trying to take this country down. And believe me, there is not a politician in this country who is not vulnerable. There is not a politician in this country who could not be brought down if someone did research uh, on them. If you hired five good lawyers, five good lawyers, five smart lawyers, and you looked into any one of the leaders of the Democrat machine who are out to get Trump, they could expose dirt that you would never believe. And I didn't say invent it like they're doing against Trump. I mean, expose it. You're telling me that these people get where they are because they're clean and honest. I don't believe it at all. Not for one second. And so I can't even say where I heard this because it would be an unfair violation of trust. But someone very powerful said to a large group not too long ago that if he hired five lawyers and looked into looked into anyone in this room, any one of their backgrounds, he could have them indicted for something. It's the same for the Democrats. All we need are five good lawyers in an opposition research think tank somewhere in America, whether it be in Washington, D.C., wouldn't really matter where they are today. In fact, they wouldn't have to go to work in a suit and tie. They could stay at home in their pajamas just doing research, just hiring detectives. They could bring down the entire other party and they could do it real fast, which goes to why I said what I said before this break. And I'm going to repeat it because I just tweeted it. Pelosi has so overexposed her own self-interests. She may be a casualty not Trump. She pushed her chips all in, but the look on her face showed that her hand is weak. Let me read it again in case you missed it. Pelosi has so overexposed her own self-interests. She may be a casualty, not Trump. She pushed her chips all in, but the look on her face showed her hand is weak. Savage. I have a um, a little uh, housekeeping announcement to make. Uh, sometime toward the end of the month, I'm doing a live performance for a very small audience somewhere in America. It is sold out. So if you're a friend of mine, uh, you can't get in. It's over. I'm sorry. They try to limit it. They did limit it. It's over. It's going to be a live event with a dinner, and it's not open to the public. I'm mentioning it for one reason. The reason is immediately after this event, we're going to post it on michaelsavage.com as a pay-per-view event. So even though you cannot be there physically, you can be there, I guess, digitally and be there. You're going to watch me. You're going to see the people in the audience. Uh, they're probably going to film me behind the scenes before I go on in the, in the so-called green room where I'm getting to get warmed up, you know, whatever, and I'll talk to the audience. It'll be a nice pay-per-view event for you to download in the, the, the sanctity of your own home. You don't have to be there and, and you can't be there. And if you live in the area where it is, and many of you do know where it is, uh, it's sold out. I'm sorry. I cannot accommodate any more people. It's, it's out of my hands. Sorry about that. So here we are on the Savage Nation. It's a nice Friday. I had a dream last night. Did I tell you about it yet? Oh, no, I forgot to tell you. Um, it was probably a product of a good meal that I had last night. You see, I cooked a special meat sauce that I make every once in a while, which I don't want to give you the recipe right now. It would be too elaborate. And Teddy was there. I cooked the meat on the side with nothing in it. Oh, it was, he, it was so good he ate. After he ate the meat with the chips in it, the dog chips, which I mixed together in a little warm water, he was licking the bowl for five minutes. It was so delicious. Then I made mine with all the spices I like, the oregano, fresh basil leaves. I had a dream last night that I was at the inauguration after the election. And it wasn't about me at all. And I remember saying I was getting out of a car with my whole family, and we looked around in Washington, D.C. at the monuments, and I said, what a beautiful day it is. Look at the beautiful weather in this city today. It was a shockingly real dream. You know those dreams you have that you, you can't separate them from reality? Well, I don't know how predictive dreams are, but many of my dreams have been quite real. Some of them have not. But I saw a victory. I'm not worried at all internally. I think he's going to win, and I think by a landslide. And I think the left will be vanquished. It's not over at all. The Westwood One Podcast Network. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. 
And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture. And here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. You know, there's a way uh, that life has a way of letting you know it's, uh, it's not an invention. You know the famous story of Einstein, right? I've told it a few times. It's a good story. Um, as it goes, a guy comes in, he wants to see Einstein. Now, you couldn't just talk to Einstein. He's famous at that time. But he gets to see him. He gets an audience with Albert Einstein. He comes in, and Einstein says, no, so what do you want to say to me? So the guy says, Herr Einstein, Herr Einstein, I finally understand your theory of relativity. It means everything is a dream. Whereupon Einstein stands up, slaps the man in the face lightly, and says, is that a dream? You see what I'm saying? It's a dream until it isn't a dream. Until you get hit with the hardcore of reality. Welcome to the program. I don't know that I want to do impeachment in hour number two. We have a great guest coming up at the bottom, which will be political enough. I want to read to you from a book entitled A Savage Life by Michael Savage. Many of you don't even know the book is out there, but it's probably my best book because it's all about family stories and reality and things like that. I'm going to read you a two-pager called I Was Really I Really Was Poor Exclamation Point from, again, the book you must buy this weekend called The Savage Life. You don't have to buy it for me. It's for you. At my recent birthday party, my son got up to give a little speech about his dad, and he mentioned something intriguing. He, here's what he said. He said, when my b- dad told me that he was so poor when he was young that he actually wore a dead man's pants, I thought he was just exaggerating, as I often think he does. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Uh, But tonight before the party, he showed me childhood pictures that were just sent to him from relatives for this book. I was astounded, he said, to see he actually was wearing pants, hand-me-downs, five times too large, cut off at the knee. I couldn't believe his family was actually that poor, unquote. Well, that's the end of that quote. In uh, reviewing the photographs in this book, A Savage Life, you'll actually see that exact picture of me standing beneath my aunt, straddled by my sister and my cousin wearing dead man's pants. Every word that you read in this book is as true as that photograph. In going through photographs for this book, I found pictures of many of the men that I write about. The gambler, the leather man, the uncle that was a Democratic Party operative. What strikes me is that they were all very ordinary looking men. You would never pick them out of a crowd and think they were anything special. And that's just the point of this book, which is that in the ordinary, there is the extraordinary. Now, whether it is that men were more dynamic in those days or that I saw the dynamism in their lives is for anyone to guess. I don't know. Are men still like that? There is a movie called The Naked City where it is said, there are eight million stories of the Naked City. This has been one of them. I was always fascinated by that as a young boy because it showed me that every individual person walking the streets had a story, if only you could find that story. And all of my life, I found this to be true. That, of course, every human in their destiny, in their journey through life, is actually weaving a story. It's just that most of us don't even realize we are unique or weaving a story. Or is it that the times have made so many of us homogeneous? Have we become just one massive group of individuals in a sort of socialist hive? Well, whatever the case may be, a savage life contains the stories of ordinary men and women, each of whom was extraordinary. You know, I'm reading that for the first time since I wrote it. And I got to tell you, that's good writing. It's, re- it's the way I like to write. It's the way I think. It's the way I look at the world. I don't think that great writing needs to be flowery or extremely complicated or convoluted or using extraordinarily large words to show how intelligent you are or throwing the current words de jour in there uh, that they use uh, over and over again. What I just read to you is good writing, if you're interested in real writing. Train tracks. That's a good story. And there's another one. Dead man's pants. I don't want to bore you with the dead man's pants. Anyone have any stories you want me to read? Conversations with my great grandfather. No, you've heard that's boring. It's actually very good. Being decent is not love. That's not a bad story. What's this? The time shelter. Is that any good? Ah, ah, ah. Okay, this is a nice one. It's one page called the time shelter from the book you're going to buy this weekend called The Savage Life. They have like twenty. They have twenty five hundred copies left, I think, in the whole country. I was recently on the streets of North Beach, the once Italian district of San Francisco. Now it's the home to bums and Chinese, with a remnant of Little Italy left. The Little Italy amusement park, North Beach, I call it, 
But 40 years ago, when I came to San Francisco, there used to be women dressed in black, old, skinny Italian women. They used to stand on the corners and gossip with each other on the street, whispering. I loved it. Being the kind of guy I am, I would once in a while go up and talk to them. Wherever I've been in the world, I've had the capacity to go up to strangers. I always get into good conversations for some reason. I don't know how the conversation arose. I was talking to one of the old women. She must have been a good 95, probably Sicilian. I said to her, Mama, what do you do for health? She looks at me, a stranger, and says, there's hardly anything wrong with a person that a little coffee, a little wine, and a little garlic can't cure. I agree with her 100%. Of course, I must add a few things to that mixture. Like, it's not a little wine. It's more than a little wine. It's not a little garlic. It's a lot more than a little garlic. And there are other things that I like to do, but for her, that worked. They were beautiful old women. They're gone. You don't see those women in black coats or black robes anymore in North Beach or anywhere else in America. It's a very interesting story called the Time Shelter. I remember them to this day as I'm telling you the story. I remember them. I know where they stood. They stood on a street. I think it was called Green Street and and not Columbus, the street that runs right through North Beach. There used to be a bakery on the corner. I don't know what it's become now, but they used to mingle in the sun. There was a special light in San Francisco that only people who live out here know what this light looks like, especially at this time of year. The light changes. This is like a, a light of renewal, September, October. And just before the rainy season comes in, they call it their Indian summer. The color of the bay changes, what I call a China blue. It's one of the most beautiful things to see if you're walking the streets of San Francisco as uh, I used to do a lot more than I do today uh, for security reasons and such. I used to enjoy walking up and down those hills, mainly of North Beach and of Russian Hill. So you would walk up a street, walk, walk, walk. You'd come to a crest, and then you'd look down at the bay, let's say, toward the uh, uh, Angel Island side, toward Fisherman's Wharf, and you'd see the bay is completely like, like blue, you know, a, a China blue. It's just gorgeous. And this is what has drawn people to this city for so many for so long, you know, and here we're coming up to the um, used to be called Columbus Day Parade, but the vermin in the city have turned it into the Italian American Heritage Day Parade. Thank God they did. They did that. But, uh, um, you know, it's a beautiful, beautiful city, despite all of the deficits, despite the horrible people who run the city, despite the corruption, despite the evil, evil, evil political machine in the city. Somehow, if you can pierce through all of that, if you can pierce through all of that, it's still one of the most beautiful places on earth, which is why I don't leave. It's that simple, right? It's that simple. All right, Jimmy in New York. Is this the Jimmy, the famous Jimmy? Yeah, okay. Jimmy, how you doing on Friday? What's on your mind, Jimmy? Doc, it's all my honor. Listen, I was reading your book, but where's the story about Hal? Hal who? Halitosis. The breath on him when we were going... Oh, you're talking about one-armed Frank. Yeah, the guy with the bad breath. You said he used to make you want to gig. <laughs> I, I, is it not in here? One on Frank. It's not in the book. No, I didn't see it. I was looking for Hala Halitosis. No, no, there's no Halitosis in the title. That would have been too. Uh, the title of the story is is uh, One on Frank, but I don't think it made it into this book. You want me to tell you the story, like you're personally standing next to me? I would, I would love it. I would eat it up. But I got a couple of things I want to tell you. Oh, yeah, no, I want to hear from you. You're a big popular figure now on the show. Go ahead. What's on your mind? Far, far from popular. No, we were talking about... Uh, no, wait, 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 wait. Yesterday you called about Pelosi when I said, do you think she's trying to decapitate and take over? You said something in Italian. Could you say it again? I said she's tutta disgraziata, disonorata, menzanabat. So that means that she's crazy in the head, and no matter how much she talks, everything's always in a whirlwind with her. She could care less. When they say the American people, I get the pain right behind the right eye. <laughs> yeah, she don't know what the American people are. She only knows what the Pelosi people are. Yeah, and that vacuous shift. He looks like a Pez dispenser, number one. And number two, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Like you said, he made up that parody. How could you make a parody up when the whole world is looking at you, America's looking at you, and yeah. you're... No, he got caught with that. Even the Washington Post, which is as left-wing as they get, gave him the four Pinocchio Award yesterday because they realized they're in trouble by, by not attacking this bum. Now, look, you're a man of the streets. You live in Staten Island or Brooklyn? Where? No, Staten Island. Okay, I'm going to ask you a straight-out MS question. A guy like Schiff, looking at him as man-to-man, I know you're type of guy, kind of, kind of people you must hang out with. What do you actually see in that man when you look at him and listen to him? 
A guy like that, we used to say, something's wrong with him. You know what you got to do? Give him a couple of slaps in the back room and let him wake up. And if you don't, tell him to get the out of the neighborhood. So he does look like there's something wrong with him, right? Doesn't he look like there's something so-called wrong with him? Yes, yes. He looks like he's robotic almost. He looks like he's just an empty shell. He's going along with the program. Okay, so they're, they're feeding him this stuff. Someone is behind him. From the from the get go, for him to take over a once Republican district like that, there's some big money behind him. I read that it was all Soros money, by the way. George Soros. I don't know why they don't investigate him. That we saved him from World War II, hungry from the Nazis. He comes here and he wants to dilapidate the whole country, the whole Thank world. Thank you. Right. He's like occasional cortex only. Uh, he has hundreds of billions of dollars to do the damage which he has been doing. That's a good question. Why hasn't Trump unleashed anyone on him? I don't know the answer to that. I would, but I would go up there with a couple of friends from South Brooklyn. You know, Dr. Savage, South Brooklyn president between 5th and 6th Avenue. Now they call it Carroll Garden. Carroll Garden sounds so sweet. I want to ask you something. Do the, do the people you hang around with, you know, they used to eat heavy food. Like you'd eat, you see veal parmesan this, chicken palm that, a sausage. They don't eat like that anymore. They're all into like they're lean, they run, they're healthy, right? Or they still eat the heavy stuff. No, but the Italian people, my family, till today, every Sunday, my brothers, my great nephews, we all meet at mommy's, and she cooks. And there's no excuse. You know what? Your wife don't want to come. Let her stay home. <laughs> well, what does your mother? What does she cook? I, I, you got to invite me to this. This is like I, I'll never get there. But in my dreams, I'm going to dream. I'm going to go to Jimmy's mother's house for a Sunday meal. What is it like? First of all, you show up, my mother goes, what is it, what do you want? Oh, you want my son? All right, sit down. Wash your hands, sit down. All right, we're eating there. We've got macaroni, meatballs, sausage and peppers, right? That's the first. Then we have until... Wait, wait, they're not, they're not gluten-free uh, noodles, right? No, we don't know that we're gluten-free. Everybody I know that's gluten-free, they're in the hospital. People. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's one of the greatest myths of all time. True, if you're a celiac, yes, you need to eat gluten-free. But for thousands of years, people ate wheat around the world. They still do. They never heard of gluten-free. They would have starved to death. There'd be no civilization if it was all gluten-free. There'd be no, no, no wheat whatsoever. And if you ask the average moron who walks around, I'm gluten-free, ask them what gluten is. They don't, know, they don't even know what it is. I think it's like a cockroach in the wheat. <laughs> hold, hold on, I'll be right back. Savage. And now we go back to the gluten-free conversation between uh, Jimmy from New York and Michael Savage. Jimmy, are you still there on line nine? How are you, Jimmy? I would never leave you, Dr. Savage. Well, you know, the politics, gluten-free, all that, you know, things are very, you know, I, I feel President Trump's going to have a landslide victory. But, you know, even though these stories are bad, the other day I was walking with my ex-wife. You know, she was 350 pounds, you know. It was raining out. She had a yellow raincoat on. And as I'm walking with her, people are screaming, taxi, taxi. <laughs> uh, Jimmy, you're always good for a misogynistic laugh. Yeah, but I tell you, the post office is getting together. They're going to give her her own zip code soon. <laughs> is she still in the neighborhood? <laughs> she, she is the neighborhood. She puts <laughs> on aspirin. <laughs> but, Jimmy, I, do, I have a food question. I'm serious. In your group, your kind of guys, do they eat like healthier today than their fathers did? No. They're still knocking down the heavy meats, the sausage, the veal. Yeah, we, we eat whatever we want because we always say you never know what tomorrow brings. And you know, okay, so they're like desperados. They figure, what, what's the point of living, living healthy if tomorrow you could be dead? Absolutely, and that's how we live. You know, Doc, we're not bad people, but, you know, everything I hear all around the state, Staten Island, Brooklyn, when you when you walk around here and drive around here, manga baga, but nobody bothers you. Nobody cares if you got Make America Great hat on. They don't care if you got the Liberty Bell. Yeah, and a girl can jog after the gym and not get raped and thrown in the reeds like happened to that one in South uh, Brooklyn. Remember that one? That was the, yeah, that was... Uh, that it, it broke everyone's heart. The father went looking for her for years. He could, it was one of the most heartbreaking stories. She was jogging in the wrong neighborhood at the wrong time. But she didn't have what you have in the neighborhood to protect it. Well, thank God there's still a Jimmy and that type left in America. Or I don't know what would be left, Jimmy. Jimmy, what do you think about the, um, the green new meal of eating a baby from occasional cortex? You think that's going to catch on? 
You mean the donkey and the, the cross between? Yeah, yeah, the half donkey, half girl bartender. Hey, you want to hear something, Doc? She always bothered me. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be it for Jimmy from Brooklyn on the Savage Nation. Savage. Chrome was thick and the women were straight. Welcome back to the Savage Nation. It's still a great line, by the way. A lot of us still think that way. I know we're not supposed to, but we still do. We loved America when the chrome was thick and the women were straight. You know, I turn the TV on every show. You would think the country is 99% gay. I don't understand this. I have nothing against gay activities. You could do what you want. I'm a sexual libertarian. But if you turn on television shows today... 90%, 95%, and the ads, too, are getting crazier. I actually was blinking last night. Major products, two men or two women, two women or two men. When have you last seen a couple shown, an actual man and a woman and a child? This is the world we're living in. By the way, I want to say again, uh, at the end of the month, I'm doing a live event at a location that's already picked. It's not going to be somewhere. It's already set and it's sold out. And unfortunately, there's only about 75, 80 people that can fit in this particular venue. And it's a dinner. It's a private event. You can't go to it. But I'm going, I'm thinking about offering it as a digital download on michaelsavage.com. Digital download. Digital download. At a fee to recoup some of the cost because I'm not making any money off it. But it's going to be a very, very spirited event. I'm on Twitter at a Savage Nation asking how many of you would be interested in my posting this as a uh, PPV event, and unless I get sufficient response of saying yes, it will not be offered as a uh, digital download. It's that simple. So I would like you to be active today and tonight and tell me how many, because otherwise I'm not going to do it. That also costs a lot of money. It's that simple. Now, we have to move on to something very important now. It's a great book called The War on History by Jarrett Stepman. The War on History, The Conspiracy to Rewrite America's Past, the gentleman is from the Daily Signal. He's also a San Francisco Bay Area native. And the book, again, came out this week. It is called The War on History. Uh, Jarrett, welcome back. Uh, welcome to the Savage Nation. Thanks for being with us. Hey, thank you very much. When did the war on history actually begin, in your opinion? You know, the war on history has been going on for a long time, but I think it's really ramping up in recent years, especially when you've seen attacks on the statues around our country, you've seen stat attacks on monuments, and really the people uh, who made this country great. It started, unfortunately, uh, in higher education in America. It's trickled out, especially in places like the Bay Area. And now you're seeing it going on across the country. I mean, we've got uh, Columbus Day coming up. I think that we're going to see uh, a vicious attack on history. We're going to see uh, Columbus Day being replaced uh, by Indigenous Peoples Day, by these kind of radical things that at one time was just seen as a bunch of crackpots uh, in places like Berkeley, I think this is really now going on around the country with no limiting principle. In your book, you say that the vandals are only uh, pretending to care about the character of particular American heroes, but in reality what they're doing is knocking down anything that symbolizes America. I see them as communists because isn't that what the communists have done when they've taken over a country, knocked down the culture first? That's right. They want to wipe out the culture and ideas that, that made a country what it is. I think that's what their, their whole plan is with this. It's not just about attacking individuals in the past. It's about wiping out that past where the American people have no connection to it whatsoever. They've forgotten about their past, and they'll embrace things like socialism and communism, radical things that these radicals say that will make their lives better, will end oppression, will end all the isms. Well, how do a few small malcontents achieve a goal like they've done of ripping down a mural of George Washington in San Francisco at George Washington High School. How did they achieve this? How could that even be possible in a sane society? It's possible because you have these aggrieved activists and because, quite frankly, you have a lot of people who are simply cowards. You have people who are on uh, supervisor boards. You have administrators in schools around this country. So I think really... Yeah, but where's Miss Pelosi, the great American uh, uh, interested in the Constitution congresswoman? Where was she when they were tearing down Washington's monument in her own backyard in her own city? She was nowhere to be seen. And that's exactly right. And, and you know what? It, it's because nobody drew the line that these things came down, that these attacks continue. I mean, that's why you've got to draw a line in the sand, and people need to show a little courage. I mean, didn't our 
forefathers show courage when they created this country? Are the forefathers that we've celebrated uh, show courage uh, in the past? Well, you and I both know that Nazify is a violent wing of the uh, Democrat establishment. And unless there's a counterattack from the right, they're going to get worse and worse and worse until they tear the whole society apart. Nazi fa has to be declared, in my opinion, a, a domestic terrorist group by Donald Trump. They need to be arrested. They need to be decapitated. We're speaking with uh, Jared Stepman from The Daily Signal. His new book is called The War on History. So they started with Confederate memorials. They then went on to George Washington. Uh, where are they going next, in your opinion? Uh, well, I think that you're going to definitely see it this Columbus Day. I mean, I think you're going to see it already. Uh, Princeton Princeton uh, University has declared that they were going to end Columbus Day and go to Indigenous Peoples Day. You've seen it uh, around the country. And again, there's no limiting principle. I mean, I, I discussed in my book how there's even attacks on uh, Abraham Lincoln at the University of Wisconsin. Some dumb students there who were leading this thing said it's because Lincoln owned slaves, which, frankly, is just simply ignorant. And I think you combine this ignorance. Uh, with radicalism, if people don't step up in like... Well, they let morons into the universities who never belong there. You and I both know, in reality, most of these people never belong in college. They were too stupid to ever attend higher education. And because they cannot keep up with the academic standards of a university, they bring them down. They tear down the whole university. They have nothing but a... They have only their grievances to carry them through the college. It's what they used to scare people into getting into the college. Now they're using it to make sure they don't have to take any real courses. So what do they do with their hatred? They turn it on monuments. Look, I don't have the answer to it other than a counter-reaction, and I'm not going to lead the march of the counter-reaction, but you and I both know it's coming. As a historian, Jarrett, as a historian, do you actually think there's going to be a counter-reaction to these radical leftists like... um, a Nazi father, you think that we're going to see a a patriotic group arise in America to stop them? You know, I think I think there ultimately will be at some point. I mean, I think common sense Americans know this is this is this is wrong. I think it's unfortunately in places like the San Francisco Bay Area, it's been a complete route. But there are other places in this country. I think there are enough common sense Americans to draw that line in the sand. But people have to show some courage in the face of this. I mean, our country wasn't created uh, by craven cowards. I think it, you know that would be beneath contempt. I think that. You know, we do have to stand up at this time when our history is under attack because we very soon won't have a republic. We won't have a country. We won't have a past or a future. Right. And now, of course, they're attacking the president and the vice president, in my opinion, to decapitate the entire government and install Nancy Pelosi as president. I know it's a far-fetched idea, but it could happen unless people stand up to these gangsters. Uh, Again, the book is called The War in History, The Conspiracy to Rewrite America's Past. The guest is Jared Stepman from The Daily Signal. If you have a question or comment for him, the phone number is 855-407-282. What else is in your book that you think people should be interested in, Jared? Well, I talk about certainly the, the war on the founding fathers, and I think that is where this has led. I think a lot of people looked at the attacks on the Confederate statues, and they said, well, you know, that's just the Confederacy. Well, who cares? Uh, it very quickly moved on to people like Thomas Jefferson. It moved on to George Washington. I mean, it's incredible how... I mean, people talk about the slippery slope. I mean, there's no limiting principle. It was right. Just- when they tore down the Robert E. Lee statues, I was very offended for a few reasons. Number one, Lee was perhaps the greatest general of the Civil War. He was so great that President Lincoln tried to hire him to run the Union Army. You know that better than I do, right? Absolutely. Lee was such a great general that Abraham Lincoln offered him the job of being the chief general, the number one general for the Union troops. And Lee said, I am loyal to my state. And I have to stay with my state. And he wound up leading the, uh, the, the Confederacy as the military hero. But he was the furthest thing from a racist on the planet. The real racists are those who were tearing down his statue. That's clear as a bell. And it hasn't stopped with him. After they got away with that, their uh, lust was only, uh, let us say, invigorated, not sated. And they went on, as you say, to uh, other targets. They're not going to end until they tear the whole society apart. It is definitely clear and unadulterated communism, in my opinion. And I, I highly recommend that people who are interested in history buy a copy of Jarrett Steepman's book, Steepman, S-T-E-P-M-A-N, The War on History. Garrett, thanks for being with us, Jarrett, on The Savage Nation. Thank you very much. So here we are, and we're back to the regular programming of the program here on The uh, Savage Nation. I want to go now to michaelsavage.com and see which stories might intrigue you. And I'm going to go up there on my website. Let's see. Great, great map was just put up. It shows the red and the blue. And it says, try to impeach this. And if you look at the map on michaelsavage.com, 
you will see that 99.9% of all the counties in the United States of America are colored red, not blue. Uh, the majority of America is not communist. The majority of America does not like leather parades. The majority of America wants their daughter to marry a boy and have a family. They don't want their daughter to marry their, their sorority sister. The next story is four Pinocchios for Schiff. This is flat out false. That was published not by me, but by the left wing Washington Post. Half Cortex voter proposes eat the babies to stop climate change. Maybe it is a hoax and a setup. But if you watch the dummy's eyes, if you look at the eyes of the dummy as this woman is saying, eat the babies to stop climate change, the dumb bartender stands there with her stupid, wide staring eyes, not stopping her because she is absolutely being run by somebody else. And then we move on to this odd situation of a Muslim congresswoman who came out of nowhere, again, with money from strange places, probably a lot of it from nefarious sources. Miss T. Lab of Michigan. And now she says, we're trying to figure out how to arrest Trump officials. Arrest them. So she's bringing the tyranny of the Muslim world to America. Thank you, liberals. You better be very, very careful what you wish for, because it's going to bite you before it bites me. New, U New USA Today poll. And that's a very, very left wing poll. Americans want Biden's Ukrainian corruption investigated by a two to one margin. This will definitely bring Biden down, not Trump. Movie theater showing Joker closes following credible threat, police say. Biden warns Fox News against running Trump ad. Here's a new study for those of you who hate America and love communism. Chinese cargo ships dump 73% of trash into the Atlantic Ocean. It's not coming from America. It's coming from the evil Chinese cargo ships. Antifa, who I call Nazifa, is planning an America is canceled protest outside of Minneapolis Trump rally next week. They are not American citizens. These are Nazi citizens. Nazifa has to be declared what it is, which is a domestic terrorist group. And all of those fake professors wearing masks should be arrested immediately and their assets seized. Kamala Harris to prepare Sunday suppers in Iowans homes. If I were you, I would uh, stay away. Anything Kamala Harris prepares for a Sunday supper in Iowa, I would say is inedible. Florida mother accused of trying to kill four children by slamming minivan into tree had marijuana in her system. Really? Marijuana makes people crazy? I'm just shocked to learn that. If you missed it, there's one other story on the bottom of michaelsavage.com that you mustn't miss. It's not a hate crime because it's young black teenagers throwing bricks through the windows of a synagogue in Brooklyn. If it was white nationalists throwing bricks through a window anywhere in America, window of a synagogue, that is, we would be told over and over again that it's a repeat of history, that it's Nazism come to life. But because they're not white and they're not nationalists, you didn't even read about the crime, did you? Welcome to the new America. Savage. You know, as the show comes to a conclusion, i got to give you some facts. The unemployment rate is at a 50-year low. Let me repeat that, Bernie Sanders and all you left-wing bums who don't work for a living. Maybe you're a teacher somewhere or a government worker. You don't work. We don't consider what you do work. You're a grifter. The unemployment rate under Trump is at a 50-year low. A record 158 million people are working. Did you hear what I just said? Now, what is the number one thing that communists like Sanders promise? Jobs. They never held a job in their life. They've always been career politicians. It's typical of communism. They can't produce a service or a product that anyone needs. Even Obama himself said that. He once joked in the beginning. I, I caught that one. He said, well, I never produced a service or a product anyone ever needed. No, you did not. All you did was rip off the taxpayer and live off the taxpayer. So what is this hatred for Trump based upon? Unemployment rate is 50-year low, record 158 million people working. Most people care about bread and butter issues. They don't care about all the other crap. And yet, the Democrat Party is committing Harry Carey on a daily basis. Now, here you have this crazy one, the half-donkey, half-woman, uh, used to be a bartender. She's getting so crazy that she now gets up on C-SPAN in front of Congress, rather, and she wants to give illegal aliens welfare 
paid for by you, the hardworking American taxpayer. Listen to clip four. The Mercy and Reentry Act allows us to open all of our social safety nets, nets and it ends federal discrimination on our social programs based on people who were formerly incarcerated. And one reason that we what do that is because one of the number one reasons for recidivism, why mass incarceration is such a persistent problem, is poverty. Yeah, it's yeah, because I've heard people that before, come out, right. we refuse, and oh, we shut deny. Up. Turn, her, we, turn this yapper, turn her off, turn the yapper off my show. I heard that over and over again. I was born poor. I never robbed anybody. Everyone I knew was poor. They worked their way out of poverty. They didn't rob their way out of poverty, you bum you. Just feeding the big lie. Everyone's innocent in prison. They all grab a Bible and they're all innocent. All of a sudden, they never did the crime till they get out and do it again. You're a liar. You're a no good. You're a bum. You're a, a half donkey, half woman. You're a disgrace to the female species. And you should get the hell out of Congress. Go back where you came from, which is Westchester. You phony you. This is the Savage Nation. Be here or don't be anywhere. The Westwood One Podcast Network.